Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we rise to the occasion to discuss how rice is so much more than just a side dish. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. You enjoyed writing that one, didn't you? <laughs> I did, and what I, I actually genuinely, because you said nothing. Normally, before we start recording, you'll go, I haven't read this yet. And then you'll go and give it a read, and then you'll go, oh, no. It. But you said nothing. You said nothing this time. And then I was like, unsure if she's read this yet or not. To be fair, I, I almost wrote one that was like, in today's episode, we rice and shine and talk about <laughs> rice lagers. But I thought like that one, that was shoehorning like yeah. ri- rice and shining. But I thought if you're listening to it first thing on a Monday, but then I thought people might not. <laughs> Not be listening to it first thing on a Monday, so I went with we'll, we'll rise to the occasion. So there you go. I did enjoy rice, <laughs> and I and I will say I fucking love rice. I am a white rice fan. I can just smell white rice and be like, hell yeah! Like just the smell of rice, sticky white rice. I'm like, yes, I'm in. Say nothing else. <laughs> if you missed it, we're going to be talking about Japanese rice lagers today. Carrying on our lager series. Um, we thought this might be a good one because Tori was going to Japan so she could you know, potentially pick us up some Japanese rice lagers. If you've listened to episodes I've said numerous times, don't worry, I'll get us a bunch of rice lagers. How'd that work Japan. out? Not great. <laughs> no buens. <laughs> I got us a sum total of one. <laughs> so Better than none. It is better than none. what we thought was going to happen at one yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I was fairly convinced it was going to be none. And then I'm fairly certain it was only within like maybe the last 48 full hours. I don't, it might have even been the last full, I think it was even the last actual full day. Yeah. That I was there. Um, that I managed to find one. And it was by chat because I, I was messaging you saying, mate, up. I haven't a clue. I'm in the specialty shop now. I might try to see if they have any because this looks like luxurious and fancy. Let me have a go. And then um, the one that we're going to have second, I basically went, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I basically went, oh, this is cute. That would be cool (laughs) if this was a rice lager. And it was. (laughs) I I translated the the label and it was. And I was like, cool i've done it the tick box ticked uh it was really really difficult um but we can talk about that more sort of as we get into the episode i guess my first question really is because you you introduced it as japanese rice lagers i was just thinking sort of rice lagers we'll get into the history of it but which is the actual classification japanese rice lagers technically there is no classification for this there's not no CP <laughs> guidelines for this. There's nothing on the Brewers Association, which is another place you can find for beer classification. There is nothing. Um, but I have unofficially. Been, unof- I've been <laughs> researching the subject, and actually, I will put the link in in the show notes. I came across an article today um, that has literally just come out in the November 2023 Brew Your Own magazine um, that has information about rice lagers. So very up to date. Good thing for you to read. I'll stick it in there and a lot of my information will be coming from there. Um, They say that they designate them as Japanese rice lager because 
technically American lager, American light lager uses rice as part of the brew. So they are, air quotes, a rice lager. But by designating it a Japanese rice lager, it separates it from those categories. Um, and there are reasons for that, which I'll get into when we start talking about the history of it. Well, I was going to say, you can correct me when we get to that point, but my guess is probably because in the American ones, it's probably a mixture of rice and other bits, whereas like to keep it that traditional Japanese rice lager, it's probably just the rice. But... You can correct me when we get to that. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yes. Well, before we get to that, do you want to do some tasting notes and we can have our, our traditional yes. quote unquote? Yeah, our, our and, 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 and you also, you passed the test because I actually knew also that it was not a proper style. And I was like, mm, let's throw a curveball in there. And there you go, you passed. Thanks. We're all, we're all shocked. <laughs> no, all, all shocked about my beer knowledge. All Fair shocked. Flip. There you did, you passed. <laughs> Um, so the first beer that we're going to try don't at us, I don't want to hear it Asahi Super Dry if you go to Japan in your supermarket this is not the one that I got from Japan, FYI but if you do go to Japan 9 times out of 10 when you get Namabiru which is just like sort of the house beer that's normally like traditionally like when you go in that is kind of um, what you're supposed to get first really is like Namabiru which is like the reason you do that is because you're trying to give the wait staff like a really not complicated order for your first one. You don't want it to be something that's like over the top and ridiculous. And this is all like people do it, obviously, but this is sort of like the tradition kind of behind that. Um, and as far as I'm aware, anyways, I'm sure someone will at me and be like, not entirely true. Uh, um, but yeah, nine times out of ten, it's going to be an Asahi. And when you pour it, so you somebody else tends to sort of like pour your drink you should never be pouring your own drink and when you're served it they will put it down with the label directly in front of you so they'll like if it gets placed down the labels not in front of you they will like rotate it so it goes in front of you because that is the polite way to serve a bit so fyi um and also don't at me if you're watching the video because i am going to be drinking this one I felt like I could drink out of a plastic cup because it's asahi (laughs) um i'm going to drink it out of my japanese beer festival glass i mean that makes sense so, so normally I wouldn't drink it out of plastic, but I was like, I don't have any Japanese themed glasses, but I have a plastic one. I can spare that for an asahi. <laughs> All right, should we crack this open? Yes, we shall. Hopefully they haven't got too warm while we were having a chat before we started, because I feel like rice lagers should be served relatively cold. It's still cold to me. And I will say I've had many and Asahi Super Dry, especially in Japan. And I've gone to the, if you're in Japan as well, there is a, um, the Asahi, I think it's called the Sky Bar or it's the Sky Lounge or something like that, which is um, this a bar that's owned by Asahi next to the Asahi building, which hilariously has like a golden poo shape. Oh. It's a horn, but it's it looks like a golden poo on the top of it. Um, and it's like this beautiful... I think it's like 180 glass view. And for the, you don't pay like entrance fee for the price of literally just buying any one of the Asahi beers. And they actually have done sours and stuff like that as well, like fruitier ones too. Um, you Literally, you can go and enjoy the gorgeous, gorgeous view and, and have a beer. But that's if you can stand to drink an Asahi. So don't at us if you can. <laughs> um, it is pin bright. I can see all the way through it. Um. Yes, quite I can a, see you out the other side of this glass. Quite a moosey head on it. Mine's pretty. Mine's pretty good. And, it's pretty um, solid. Yeah, 
even in a plastic cup. I know there's lots of bubbles because yeah. I was just drinking water off it <laughs> as well. But yeah, lots of carbonation bubbles in it. Oh, look at that! There's a bubble. It oh. smells. Oh. <laughs> there was a bubble on top of my bottle. I got really excited to show you. It smells quite sweet, actually, which I'm surprised about. Uh, the smell to me is akin to like a sporting event, right? It is, or like like it's the smell of sporting event beer. It's the smell. It's it's what events when, like before you get into craft beer. This is the smell of beer. Yeah, this is what beer smells like right. That's true. When you're like oh, I'm getting a beer. It smells like this. Arguably true. Like it just makes me smell like when you go to an event and you're like and you're like I yeah. don't care. I'm just gonna get a beer. Like that is the macro beer smell. Yeah, macro beer smell. That's a technical term. Yeah, All macro right. beer smell. Are we tasting it? Yeah. Let's do it. For science. I don't even dislike it. That's the thing. It's, it's like, not terrible, is it? You could say, like, you go, oh, for, I, like, if there's this or Foster's, I'm having this. Yeah. I've definitely had way worse macro lagers. I feel like if there's a Budweiser, a Foster, a Carling, any of those, or an Asahi, I'm going Asahi. If I'm at an Asian restaurant... And I could have like this or even like a Heineken, like I'm going with a Asahi. Like I probably will go with Asahi at an Asian restaurant because it just pairs really well. No surprise, it pairs really well with Asian food. Um, I think the only time I probably would be like, oh, something else be like, if you're at a pub and there's like Goose Island or, you know, any of the other, like that's probably, Goose Island's probably one of the only other like macro owned, big beer owned that I feel yeah. like I'd go yeah, I'd probably take that instead. Sometimes maybe a Corona or that type of vibes. Depends on where we are. But Asahi is definitely on that rotation. I'd definitely drink this over a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends. If I'm sticking a lime in it and I'm at home in a barbecue, like someone's got them and they've got no. lime wedges, I might have a Corona. It depends on the vibes. I've I've drunk too much free Corona. That's true. On the old shit. <laughs> It's got bad memories. Can't do that anymore. Arguably <laughs> true. Right. Tell me. Tell me before I tell you what I am tasting because I've taken the taste yep. in. What should I be smelling and tasting with this? Right. So as I said, this kind of sits between American Lager and International Pale Lager. So they are generally clean, crisp. Probably got that carbonic bite to them. They don't really taste them a lot because they are made for like the lowest common denominator <laughs> simple <Fair>. and as <laughs> accessible for as many people as possible i like that um that's a way to put a spin on drinking in asahi right? isn't it <laughs> um it's accessible sits, darling but <laughs> like, this sits between those so it should be like between four to six percent abv what is this one um five so that yeah yeah there you go yeah it should be exceptionally dry and crisp. It is. Yep. Um, there should be li- uh, the body of the beer should be light, and I'll talk about why that is because it's a rice lager. So, I'll tell you why that is. Um, and there should be little to no sweetness or aftertaste. Um, and the finish of the beer, dry, crisp, clean. It's very highly attenuated. So that means that when they brewed it the yeast ate up as much sugar as absolutely possible and it will have also had a very low 
final gravity. So that's the reading that brewers take when um, they are brewing the beer. They do a original gravity and then they do a final gravity and they can use that to work out the ABV. Um, the final gravity should be as low as possible. There should be very little sugar in it to start with. And then the yeast eats up all the rest. So it's not not sweet, which is why I found it quite interesting that it smells sweet. I think there is, to me, I feel like there is like a light sweetness in the taste. I wouldn't say it's like big, but it is, I think it's there and there is a little bit of sweetness in it. So it's probably more perceived sweetness than actual sugars left in the beer because that's why it's called super dry because it is supposed to be. I mean, it is dry. dry, Super dry. I don't know. Because when I think super dry, I'm thinking like heckin' dry. (laughs) And it is, it's dry. But also, can I just, can I put this out here? Because we weren't recording. Yeah. I think I read the label. She did. And we, I should have been recording part it. Of it, it. Part of it, part of it. I didn't read all of it, but I definitely read Super Dry. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, I was working it out. And I kind of went, I don't really, I was working out. I was like, definitely Sue. It's definitely here. Oh, okay, what about this one? And then I was like, mm, that doesn't make sense. And then I worked it out in my head and I went, oh, it's super dry. So I just want it to be known. I read the label. So my dear Willing goes working. Good job. Good job. I was very excited. <laughs> I wanted to announce that to everyone. Big news. Big news announcement, everyone. <laughs> um, there should also be like very little, uh, if at all, hop character. Like these are not, you know, you're not going to get any of your like fruity hops or anything like that in these. The There's probably no like late edition hops that would add hop aroma like it's probably more just added for bitterness to to balance that out that's all you're going to really get from it just to make it a little bit cleaner yeah i definitely no hops there absolutely no hops and as you said it pairs really well with asian foods because it is very delicate so it's going to go really well with things like sushi that are delicate flavors already um quite fragrant flavors and then this is very delicate as well so you can pair it really well with that cuisine yeah i hear it goes very well with things like um like spicy thai food and stuff like yeah. that like it's a really good complement to like spicy yeah Asian it's gonna clean flavors. your palate really well because it's so crisp yeah which is why which is again why when i go to like a an asian restaurant if, if there's like asahi or something i tend to unless there's a craft like i tend to go with craft beer first and foremost but if it's literally like that or like even something over like beaver town and stuff like that i'm like no no i'm just gonna go with the asahi just easier at least i know i like that i mean it's got a nice flavor to it really like it's not it doesn't taste of nothing like no. some of your lagers can it has got a little bit of flavor to it yes yeah. i think like you have budweiser or bud light and it's just yeah. like sad weak pee <laughs> I don't want that. Whereas this at least feels like there's yeah. some level of flavor. Like, and then sometimes yeah. like Heineken, if it, sometimes it can feel too aggressively like skunky. Yeah, <laughs> you just like I cannot be doing that. It's like when it comes to when you're like, oh, I just want a beer. Sometimes that's just not my preference for a Heineken. As if I'm on a boat in Amsterdam. <laughs> That's what I want to Heineken. It's about, the, it's about the experience and the situation rather than the actual flavors of the beer absolutely absolutely <laughs> whereas like asahi i'm like if you gave it to me i wouldn't be sad about it i'd have it yeah when's what your options are <laughs> yeah do you want to know a little bit about the history i do don't know how well this bottle's gonna stay up there and how long it's gonna stay up there before it starts falling but i've done the polite thing and i've faced it towards you <laughs> very kind of you 
History of rice lagers. Right, so, I mean, rice is an ingredient that's been used in brewing for a very long time. Um, it's used in la other lagers because it can be converted to, sh like, the, the grain can have sh will have sugars in it that can be converted to brewing sugars. Um, it has to go through a different process than, like, the mash process that we use for uh, barley and other malted grains. But it can be, and it's then used to up the ABV in beers without adding any extra flavour, because rice doesn't actually add any flavour to anything. But it was then found by research by Japanese brewers back in the 1980s, and they determined that their customers would prefer a drier beer that had a crisp finish and a light body with little to no sweetness, and no aftertaste. Do you know what? I didn't notice. Do you notice any aftertaste? No, I didn't notice an aftertaste. I'm going to take this down because I feel like it's going to aggressively fall. No, I didn't. It's very, very mild. So, like, the aftertaste that's there is very mild and it goes away quite I quickly. It just to tastes me. like beer. Like, it's just, you know, the epitome it's of not, that beer it, taste, right? It's not, um, it's not like a distinct. I would mm. say the only way I could describe it is probably just grains. Yeah. Like, there is a mild, yeah. grainy aftertaste. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what they found out. So that's how Japanese lagers separate are separated from like American lagers because the um, consumers at the time wanted that. So that then started Asahi creating Asahi Super Dry. Asahi traces back to um, eighteen eighty nine, but they were originally called the Osaka Beer Company, and the Asahi name started in eighteen ninety two. Its original uh, core beer was Asahi Gold until they produced Asahi Super Dry. Um, as you said, I think as you said to me earlier, or whether you said to me, it said earlier here, the other ones that you will see around if you are in Japan, Sapporo and um, Premium Beer is from Sapporo and then Kirin have their lager. So those are your yeah, kind of original rice lagers with, they think, Asahi was the first one. Yeah, so so Sapporo, you can definitely get, like in like if you were just yeah. going, oh, I want to go and try some more authentic ones, like Sapporo, you can definitely get that. I saw like one in a really like heavy duty, big metal looking, Ooh. it was very, like very Sapporo looking, yeah. like you look at it and you go, oh, that is, it's like the glass that's, it's the shape of the glass that's like on logos and stuff like that yeah. for them. Um, Kieran, I think that one might be slightly potentially harder to find, but I've I've had them had them all. I think Sapporo and Asahi are probably my. I feel like I might have had a Kieran at Epcot. Maybe you can find them places. Anyway, those are the the like big ones that you'll find. The traditionals. The traditional. Slightly different. I feel like this is slight, like, slightly different from when we do like other beer styles and we're like, oh, the, here's a traditional one that's from, you know, many, many years ago. And instead we're like, that's how you super dry. Yeah, it's also like, I guess because it feels like different when it is like a lager or like a rice lager. I yeah. feel like when it's something else that's like maybe bigger, bolder flavours. And also because of that incorporation of like rice into, you know, American breweries and stuff like that, it probably just 
and it not being a standardized style it does become more difficult to be like what's a classic version of it but yeah i think when you've got a yeah style like this it probably becomes very very hard but and as you were saying earlier about how uh what ingredients it may be made from a rice lager is still going to have barley in it it's still going to have malt in it even with malted barley, like the um, starches have to be converted into sugars by enzymes and that has to be all unlocked by the, the mashing process. With rice and then in American lagers when it's corn, that has to be an additional process to get those make those sugars available. Um, so that's the, a separate mashing process called a cereal mash and they were like boil it because uh, it takes a higher temperature um and those grains have to be gelatinized to get it which sounds so appetizing doesn't it well i i'm not that surprised because so i'm glad you're saying all this now because it sets the scene to some of the yeah. stuff i'm going to talk about later when it comes to like sake brewing and and that kind of stuff um but yeah i i'm i don't find it that off-putting because you literally can buy a product in asian supermarkets called glutinous rice balls and i've oh, had it so yeah like i'm not shocked but you have to gelatinize it to unlock the sugars that are then available. But when you do that at a higher temperature, you lose some of the enzymes. Um, so then there does need to be malt, i.e. barley, there as well to have those enzymes to create that process. So it will be a portion of the malt bill. Um, it won't be 100% the malt bill, but in these beers, it's probably a higher proportion than other lagers for example i'm drinking this now and it's this is literally the 500 ml bottle if you watch the video <laughs> this is what's left of it and because it's way too easy to and i think that's what a lot of people like it for is it is just so easy drinking and actually the fact that you mentioned that's what did you say five percent that is yeah. potentially <laughs> potentially not no, not that that's say, like the like, highest but actually like 5%. it's no it's so easy to like mm. because it's so easy to drink like you could and that is kind of like the problem of what happens i think in japan is it's so easy to drink and people drink a lot of it yeah um quite yeah and they don't always handle how much they drink of it but oh it yeah but it's like it's making me it's making me sad i want to go back on holiday <laughs> like i'm having this and i'm like i want to go back on holiday and i want skewered meat and i just want to go eat all the bread just please just let me have nice bread the other day we went into we went to shout out for um Clabageddon. We went into Reading for Clabageddon and as we were waiting to get the train in, Rick was like, I just had a reverse culture shock moment. I'm really thirsty and I thought I would just go grab a, a Pepsi from a vending machine. And then I realised we don't have any vending machines in this country. <laughs> like not on the side of the road vending machine. Oh, like okay. as in as in like in, in Japan it's literally side of the road, there's vending machines dispersed throughout and like oh. you could just be like i feel like a coffee now a hot coffee i'm gonna go and get one out of a machine and he's just like i'm having culture shock because <laughs> i really wanted to just go find a vending machine down the road but then i realized we don't have any and then i was holding my phone out and rick was like we are in central redden <laughs> put your phone away don't hold your phone out like that um he had to tell me off yeah i want to go back on holiday and these are giving me like holiday holiday vibes oh should we do, get, do more for holiday vibes and drink the actual Japanese one? Yeah, because I actually didn't have any. <laughs> I was in Japan. 
genuinely did not. So before before we go to that, let me finish sipping on this first because I, I don't want to drink it when it's warm. So I'll just have some more of this, and I will tell you about the difficulties <laughs> that I had finding. So I went in potentially with um, an unconscious bias that because. To, obviously you've called it japanese rice lagers there like to me i just know that japan obviously my history knowledge of it is they were in the 19th century that it was created because they because of shortages with um in, like grains and and whatever and rice they've got a surplus of rice that's like one of their their biggest their biggest industries is sort of like rice production everywhere you go when you take the train out into places you've got you know rice rice fields just absolute massive fields of rice that you're going through and yeah so it's no brainer that that is kind of in my head where i'm like a rice lager that is immediately where i think of and i feel like on my last trip in 2019 100% there was like, like i said we went to the asahi um place because that has like a, a view that's incredible which is effectively free because you're just buying the price of a beer um and yeah, we we had so many more rice lagers, I swear. From but may, it might have just been because I also at that time I was looking for some craft beer places, but I think that that was kind of we the last time we went before now was 2019. So I think it was kind of like at this point where there were some craft beer places, but it wasn't as abundant even as it is like now. Yeah. Um. So. I think a lot of what we ended up drinking, especially some of the places that we went to, we just got like Namabiru. So a lot of it was just like Asahi and, and the like. So in my brain, I was like, yeah, it's dead easy. I'll find it. Did I fuck? Every single place I went into, I oh, looked and I looked and looked and it was like, nope. Like I looked at the takeaway options and breweries we went to. I looked in the shops. I looked in convenience store like literally i was like just some rice lagers please like this shouldn't be this difficult we'll get into it at the end of the episode because i talk about sort of my observations in terms of the beer there because we're talking about japan i'm going to use any opportunity to talk about my holiday because i'm sad and i want to go back but literally it was like ipa ipa i was like please for the love of heck get me some heckin' rice lagers because I cannot go back after telling Joe I'm going to get all these rice lagers and not even have a single... Ri- I had already <laughs> purchased us two different beers by that point. Yeah. <laughs> and not even, like, a single rice lager to be found. And then, yeah, as I said, I think the full last day as we were packing up our bags and I was like, I need to grab a few more beers because I need to. I've got the space. It's happening. I, I managed to go... This one's cute. Hope it's a rice lager. And it was. So let's go open that one up. We could talk about why I thought it was cute because it's going to be immediately <laughs> apparent. Okay. So the beer that I got us was... It's an Inu beer. It's got a Japanese Akita on it. And I was like, oh. I was like, it is so cute. Look at that smooshy little face. I... You will have to go to the video listeners yeah. to see the picture of it. All right, Lee, let's do... We can actually... I can let's... probably share a link. This will be the cover photo. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, I took a, ni- a nice cover photo shot, but this yeah. one's way cuter because it's got a lovely little innie on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the... For anyone that doesn't know and can't work it out, a Japanese Akita is uh, from and popular in <laughs> the Akita prefecture. prefecture. So... Yeah, that's probably why this is a um, 
Akita brewed beer. Uh, it's from a brewery that's located there. And um, it has an adorable little love your smooshy face little dog on there that I just want to give kisses to. So I saw that and I was like, please be a rice lager. I love that on the back. It's a picture of the dog's tail. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Watch the video. It absolutely is. Um, So I did get a translation of what it says on the label because, I mean, Joe, do you want to try to read any of that? No, I do not. (laughs) For proof, 100% all in Japanese. in Japanese. And I know none of that. Yeah, nope. Sure don't. Uh, and even for me, like even the very basic like Duolingo, I could say like certain words, but it's the how they read it as well. Yeah. And I don't really know the breaks in between. I couldn't even probably make out a sentence in that. So I have, with the power of Google Translate built into my web browser, have found the beer. It's Google Translated it. So it's called Akita Dog Beer. And it is by Koen no Mori Beer, which I believe they are located in. Akita, which is uh, right on the label, the only thing that's actually in English. It says yeah. beer, and, and it also says Akita fermentation tourism. Yeah, so, what's that? See if it says on here, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, so it says the Akita Inu is famous for being a loyal dog. So Inu means literally the direct translation is dog. Uh, but recently it has been attracting a lot of attention for its adorable appearance that shows the characteristics unique to snowy countries. Akita is not only known for its food, but also for its Akita dogs, which are rooted in this climate and have lived together in the snowy country. So that's just the whole first paragraph that is on this. <laughs> Nothing to do with the beer, which I sold me right away when Brilliant. I did Google Translate on it. Um, so yeah, a representative product of Akita is Ak- Akita Komachi Rice. Um, and Kohan no Mori beer has been brewing beer using the Akito, the Akita Komachi rice since its founding. Yeah, since its founding. Sorry, the way the labels, because it's translated, it's gone really dodged with how it's done the spacing <laughs> on it. So it's been using this rice since its founding, is what it says, based on the policy that alcohol is something that fosters the climate. We have also used our own original equipment for. I think I know what this is trying to say. It is trying to say, <laughs> again, slightly awkward translation. Um, it's the process, sac- I can't, it's hard to say, saccharification is, I believe, what this was trying to say. Right. But the direct translation of how it's translated was awkward. So they've used their own original equipment for s- the saccharification of the rice, creating an environment where we can make delicious beer. We will deliver beer brewed using Akita's representative products as ingredients and the name Akita Inu, which also conveys Akita's climate. So it says fragrance, a gorgeous fine aroma, flavor, a refreshing taste, bitterness, a light bitterness that does not linger on the tongue. Color, light color. Um, yeah. Although interesting, it says, so you got, it also gives you the product and the ingredients. So the name's obviously Akita Dog Beer, Raw material, it's malts from Germany and Canada. Oh. Rice from Akita Komachi. That's, we already know that. Um, hops. There's hops in this. And it's USA, Germany, comma, others. <laughs> Just others. Well, they swept up off Just the floor. Just others. <laughs> others. 
Um, alcohol content is 5.5% and the expiration date is listed. This is really interesting, actually. This does 120 days. Oh. As opposed to giving a date, it just says this is good for 120 days. Do what you want with it. (laughs) Do what you like with that information. Okay. So, yeah. Here we go. Shall we have it? Let's. I'm excited. About the same colour as the yeah, it's shaping up to be. I think it's like slightly more pale yellow comparatively, whereas Asahi feels yeah. slightly more golden yellow. But it's, it's not the head's nice, as clear. Like it's not. Hey, oh, for it's, me, mine's not quite as clear. Only for me, like it's identical. Mine's and actually, I would right. say. I would actually say the Asahi has slightly more of a, not a haze, but like a filter to it. Oh, mine hasn't. Mine is 100% clear. But I can see a little bit of yeast in the bottom of my bottle. So oh. mine might not have settled properly. Interesting. Well, it smells different. Sm- ar- aromes wise. What's the aromes like? Oh, yeah. It doesn't smell. It doesn't have. It's way more mild in aroma. It doesn't have that smell that you go, I'm at. A sporting event yeah. or something like that. There's a I very light, like, like grainy note to it yeah, when I'm like really smell, smelling really hard. And I can smell the malt. Like I feel like I can smell the malt more in this one. But I actually think like it's really hard to get much of a very distinct aroma on it at all. Like I'm it's really huffing, smelling. huffing, and puffing. I feel like it. I can smell sweet corn. I definitely can't in mine. We'll see. We'll see when we taste it. Let's try, try it. it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's a massively loud slurp. <laughs> I feel like that one has less taste than the Asahi. Not I think in a bad this is drier. Way. I feel like this yeah, is drier to me. It's definitely drier. The dryness is more. When I say this word, it's not how I normally mean this word because I normally mean this word with sours. There's more of a sharpness to the dry note. I know what you mean. No, this one literally for me has no aftertaste. Let me have some water no, just no to make aftertaste. sure there's no. There's no aftertaste. It's very dry. Okay, hold on. It's also a little bit of spicy bitterness from some hops. It's very subtle though. Very delicate. It's very crisp. Like there is almost this like very crisp, dry. Yeah, no aftertaste. Yeah. I would say this this is a very good example of what a Japanese (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say, I know that you were like, oh, I'm detecting some sweet corn. I didn't smell the sweet corn in it. And I was going, oh, I'm bitten. And I was going, I was going, I'm a bit nervous about when I start drinking this. Is it going to be, have I, have I ballsed up and I've got us something that's like not particularly that great? I actually would go out on a limb to say, so far, definitely the, the best example. Yeah, and I think, I think so. probably will be the best example because the other two that we're going to have probably <laughs> not as, you know, we, we beg for forgiveness from traditional of rice lager, but <laughs> it's, a, it strays a bit from tradition, but, um, yeah. but yeah, this is quite traditional um really good example so definitely recommend it if you're going to japan and you are in the um if you go to shibuya at the train station there is a special tea shop in one of the shibuya buildings that is the shopping center probably try to find the link and maybe we can put it in the show notes if i can find it but go there and find it um if not you could probably get it in akita if you're visiting akita prefecture so um on that note i mean is it worth me sort of you've talked sort of a little bit about the brewing side of things for beer i oftentimes get people so i saw somebody on a reddit forum 
basically calling sake rice beer. And I was like, they said, oh, what other what other examples of rice beer is there other than when I was doing some preliminary yeah. searching? And they said, other than sake. And I was like, oh, and I read the threads and they seem to be confusing sake with a type. They, they must have thought it was like some type of beer. Right. It's absolutely not. <laughs> it is different to beer. Um, so I thought I could tell yeah, you a little bit say. about how that's made because maybe there's some questions there. It is definitely different. I think maybe what trips people up is... If you're looking in Japan for brewery tours, which I was, um, I was looking for breweries and places to go, not necessarily tours. A lot of places that would come up in certain areas were called breweries. And then you'd look, because normally with spirits and that like, you think distilleries. Yeah. Nothing's being distilled with a sake. So those are called breweries. Yeah. It's brewed. It is. Sake is brewed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's brewed. So these are breweries. So I'm wondering if that's maybe confused some mm. people and they've asked questions going, oh, about this rice beer, but this is, it's not. So what's kind of different about that process from sake to a rice lager, for example? So with, with sake, it is made from just rice, water. Well, I say just, but the baseline ingredients, and I guess anything else would kind of be considered an adjunct, so to speak, if we put it in beer terms. It's rice, water, yeast, and something called koji mold. Um, the alcohol content typically ranges between 15 to 20%. And there's a lot of different variety. Um, on the trip that we took in 2019, we went to a place in Tokyo that was a bar that was like a serve your own sake bar, which Ooh. basically you paid by the hour and you could go for as long or as little as you wanted to pay for. Um, and there was a set of like frigid, there was all different temperatures. Some just sat on a shelf, some at different sort of level of temperature fridges and you basically go and pour yourself so you could figure out what you liked what you didn't like and there is so much variety it's probably the only way I can kind of describe it from my experience and I'm only talking about it from my experience is it's probably similar to like wine like a white yeah. wine maybe um in that you go here's a thing but there's some varieties kind of depending on what it is so like a sparkling sake you tend to have that cold a normal sake you tend to have room temperature or even warm sometimes on some occasions um i personally am a sparkling sake person because i like it cold the warmer it is the less i'm like same with my coffee yeah, the warmer I've, it is the more i'm like, I don't like i've it. had warm sake and i wasn't a fan I'm, I'm not a fan and it's, a, it's not terrible it can I've, be a very distinct taste i've depending. not widely tried it so i reserve judgment yeah and and it could be that like maybe where you were trying it yeah. what you were trying wasn't the best quality for yeah. example uh, but you wouldn't know because you you wouldn't know that you right. wouldn't know the difference um but yeah so just to kind of dig into because i was like what is koji mold never heard of that before koji koji mold is actually a fungus that plays a role in the traditional in in basically in traditional food fermentation processes so um it's basically coveted because it's got this ability to break down complex carbs into simpler sugars. And then um, it just contributes to the development of unique flavors. So it's especially used in East Asian cuisine. So uh, think about it. It's used in things that you probably know that are like soy sauce or miso. So it's used in, in that creation process and obviously sake brewing. So for the sake brewing process, its key role is that it 
breaks down the rice starches into fermentable sugars. So that's why I was like, I'm so glad that you kind of talked about this with the brewing process overall, because it is pretty key for the sake brewing process in particular. So, so you um, no sugars, otherwise you, you can't ferment. Like yeast uh, needs things to eat. <laughs> absolutely. So as you basically pointed out as well, rice, unlike barley, does not naturally contain the enzymes necessary to break down the starches during the mashing phase. So this koji mold acts as a source for that em- enzyme ah. and yeah it basically helps convert the starches so yeah that is that is what it does within sake brewing so the high level of the process for making sake is you start off by steaming the rice so <laughs> the reason they do that is to make it more accessible for the enzymatic action to take place so they gelatinize it they do. So exactly as you said, exactly as you said, they gelat. You said it in a way that probably is, maybe sounds more off-putting to people than saying steaming it. But, <laughs> that's, how, but that's what it's called. It is, it is, it is a thing. Um, and then uh, they incorporate the koji mold spores. So one, but they have to wait till the rice is cooled down a bit and then they incorporate the spores. Um, I have read that there are starter cultures that are known as koji kin and that is like grown on the rice so i didn't look too much into that per se but i thought that was really interesting and that's something i feel like i'd want to know more about because that sounds really really interesting the whole process i didn't get to go to any um sake breweries because we had stuff on our list but some of the stuff got skipped or things weren't open on the days we were there so i'm really gutted so next trip is definitely gonna have to fit in a sake brewery especially now that i have learned about this process um so once the mold spores are incorporated you basically let the enzymatic conversion take place so that is when i said i think what they were trying to say was the sacrification that is how that process takes place in in sake brewing as as well as brewing brewing yep. um so like i said it was they spelt the the conversion made it a really dodgy spelling that i was like i can work this out but uh and then yeah it goes on to the fermentation process and then from the fermentation process once that first fermentation is done all the remaining liquid goes through the remaining processes to become sake which it basically includes re-fermentation filtration and sometimes even pasteurization and i think it kind of depends like i said there's so many different types of sake and like I've even seen there's more I've, I think I've tried even um one that was a little bit more um looked a little bit more like mil- milky for lack yeah. of making it sound I've had a too cloudy un- one unappealing yeah cloudy cloudy is the way better way to sort of <laughs> describe it the more yeah less less uh offensive way to describe it I think you can have ones that are like that and I don't know if that requires like extra processes because there may be potentially some additional processes or maybe adjunct adding but that is sort of like the base way to make a sake so I thought that was actually really interesting knowing that base level compared to like normal beer brewing so because I also when I was researching all this as well um I did put it in sort of my fun facts but I could kind of say it now is um you were talking about when the rice had to be added and and all that to to get that process to work the way it needed to Uh, i saw that some breweries use a method called reverse mashing so um when brewing a rice lager and it's specific to rice lagers it's added into the match after after the um after the barley basically to allow the enzymes from the barley to break down the rice starches so yeah like that was something that is just the fact that it was like there's this whole 
reverse mashing process that that comes into play with brewing beer because of this difficulty with the breaking down yeah very scientific very nerdy but i found it very very interesting and hopefully i didn't bore people to sleep with that so i'm sorry if i did i'll get back to the drinking and joe you can talk while i drink now this does um (laughs) remind me of a book that i read this year which i can highly recommend um that was called girly drinks by mallory o'meara and it is um girly drinks a world history of women and alcohol so it goes uh, there's a lot of beer in it because obviously we've brewed beer for many 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 years uh but it, there is some bits about uh women that brewed sake and wine and various different things and, and distillers um it also talks about uh women bartenders and things like that it's, highly recommend this book i'll stick a link to it um but yeah there's some interesting bits about sake in that book as well so go and check that out i also listened to it as an audiobook so oh that's a good one for me okay hold on i'm gonna find it right now i'm gonna see if i can find it well you said girly drinks girly drinks yeah so i listened to it as an audiobook so love a good audiobook because my, my brain i'm always on the go and my brain is way too on overdrive that I sit down to read a book. I I will buy a book and then I will sit down to read said book and then my brain just goes, isn't there like a million other things you want to do instead? And then I'm like, yeah, there actually is. Yeah. Um, I love reading, but my brain's all over the place that I remember all the other things I have to do. Audiobooks, absolute saviour, because I can multitask and listen to the book. I don't have the time to sit down and read. Like, if I could sit down and read, I totally would. Like, I can shut off super easy, but I just don't have as much time in the day anymore. So my drive to work can be quite long, and where I've travelled a lot this year, having yeah. audiobooks on my phone has been an absolute lifesaver. Save I've read, read so much more this year because of audiobooks. Top tip, listeners, because you're podcast listeners as well. So you're obviously already a listener. I'm a big podcast person not as well. watching the video of. But um, yeah, <laughs> like... Well, then get get listeners. YouTube premium and then just download right. us. It's fine. But yeah. still. So yeah, yeah top tip. Girly Drinks. It is actually narrated by Mal- Mallory O'Meara. Yeah. I've got it on Spotify. So I've just okay, saved it. And that will be my... Ne- I'm currently listening to the Britney Spears book. So even as a non-Britney fan, it's it's actually an incredible and insightful book. Uh, It's very interesting. Like, I can't stop listening to it. So it'll be no time before that's done. That'll be next on the queue. It'll be girly drinks. A welcome to a woman's read. (laughs) We need to come up with something that was like... (laughs) Like a woman's woman's book just doesn't sound right. But it feels like there's got to be... Yeah. Let us know if you want to hear more book recs. (laughs) We did talk about having... (laughs) a like beer a book, book club, club like we could we? do a beer yeah. book club where every like quarter maybe we'd talk about yeah. we'd read a book and then we'd come back yeah. and talk about it do you want to do a beer book club listeners let us know maybe that's a 2024 list job what's to say or well, maybe that's like a 2024 challenge to yeah do at least a quarter a we'll book a every quarter what books we're gonna do they, they could be beer books yeah be other books i've got a lot of beer books that i haven't read and i will say while we're on the topic of like reading like beer related stuff and japan i did come back with a bunch of like japanese beer 
Ooh, magazine, magazines. which I haven't actually read yet, but I can read them because they are in English. Oh. So they are in Japanese, or for the most part, this one is 100% in Japanese. So that's fine. That'll be a good, I got them because I thought, oh, I'll practice on that. Yeah. But these really like, if you're looking at the covers, there's one for autumn 23, summer 23, and spring 23. These covers are absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And like they were exactly just... when you think Japanese art. Exactly. exactly traditional like, Japanese <laughs> yeah, traditional folk Japanese... art. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, Japanese folk art. Very beautiful. Lots Gorgeous. of beautiful colours on it. And yeah. the best part is they're in English. But if you're trying to learn Japanese like me, when you actually go into it, just hold up a random page at, at random, you can see it's written in Japanese and exactly next to it is in English. Oh, nice. And I just thought, I quite want to see what kind of stuff that they post about and talk yeah. about. So stay nice. tuned. That's something that I can uh, talk about soon. In in 2024 soon, not 2023 soon. Um, I'm really enjoying this beer. Mm. It's really nice, but shall we put it in the fridge and try another one? Because I feel like I need to keep it yeah. cold. Protect, move on protect to, the so, inu. Protect the inu. So, interestingly, in this article that I've been reading... Um, by George Strong, he noted at the Great American Beer Festival this year that there were he he just saw more rice lagers, um, which made him prompted him to write the article because it seems that people are experimenting with this style more. Did you I mean, say this I was think, in the US? Yeah, um, and I think like I think we're seeing it from UK brewers as well. Like um, not Tartarus. as much as I want to though. Oh, well, yeah, I, mean, I saw the Tartarus one. I bought Tartarus the Tartarus one. one. I loved Lotus the Tartarus flour, one. Was it jasmine flower rice lager? I think they're just bringing that back out again. If you didn't try it the first time around, I I loved it. I mean, we would have yeah. had it on this one, but I didn't. We never planned on doing. Basically, it came out and I drank it before we had even dreamed up the concept <laughs> yeah. of doing a like a lager series, or else I would have held on to it. And by yeah. the time we decided to do it. I said, it was. Have you still it got was your gone. Rice lager, and she said, "No, I drank that." Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Loved it. Did one as well, and I'm sure, like, um, well, as we're about to showcase, some of our UK lager brewers have been making them. Should we grab our first one? Let's do that. Let's grab it now. So our first UK one is from Donzo and New Barns. So two of our UK lager brewers. And it's called Summer Beer. Now, you found this one, didn't you? I did, yeah. And I think that the name, like, once you know more about the, the rice lager style, it's like, and, and how just light physically it is, it's the perfect beer it feels like for summer. So the name feels absolutely spot on. So, yeah, this was a seasonally brewed beer that they did, so... So it lists in the ingredients, rice, but it's got lemons in it as well. Yeah, this is why I kind of said, like, we start taking a turn for some yeah. <laughs> some more adjuncts added in. And more bit interesting. Of a, bit of a shandy job going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as well because they physically listed, like, sugar. Yeah. As an ingredient, which I don't think I often see sugar listed as an ingredient. So, yeah. Well, let's crack into it and see see how it fares up by what we expect from a rice lager. Yeah, see how like true to style it yeah. is. God, I'm looking the lemon. I'm looking at this and I'm automatically going, "It's a shandy, isn't it?" <laughs> it's a shandy. We should save this for Radlers. Too late. This is a shandy. We've opened in it there. now. 
it looks like but no this is a good this is a really good base for us though to be able to go and be like okay we've had this for the rice log episode and the reason we picked it was because it did say that there was you know used rice so it was like yeah rice lagers good um I feel like this is like I drinking the rice lagers. I was like, these would make really good shandies. <laughs> I don't. I don't really like. So I don't you not like a shandy. When I say I don't like a shandy, it's not that. I, if you handed me one and I drank it, I would be like, oh, horrible. Like, no, absolutely. I drink it and I go, oh, that's fine. Like, sh- like shuffle. Yeah. I'm like, it's. It tastes really nice. It's refreshing. It's great. Do I want to make a shandy? No, I just, I picked out this really nice beer. I don't want to put lemonade in it or whatever else. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm going to save my opinions because, spoiler, we're going to do a Radlers and Shandies episode. <gasps> Are we? Yes. Shock. So um, I'm going to be quiet on my opinions and save them for that episode. And you'll just have to hear them in that. So I And I'll reserve everything for that as well. But I it smell this like and I go, them. it sm- It doesn't even smell like a Shandy to me. It smells like it a smells, No, it doesn't even, for me, it, it smells like... American lemonade. Oh. It smells like homemade lemonade, which Ooh. is a positive. I like homemade yeah. lemonade. Um, um, it is slightly hazed. It is I mean, like lemon juice yellow. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a glass of lemon juice. It does a bit. Yeah. Like it had a lemonade. flamey white head that has now dropped, dropped down. Mine didn't, but that could have been because of the glass for me. Um, but yeah, like I think it, it looks and smells like American lemonade. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna have a sip. Oh, there's almost a touch of like lime to that smell yeah. as well somehow. But I think it's just the lemon overall. Let's get into it. Oh, that's very different. Yeah, I to wanted it to be what slightly I expected. sweeter. I wanted it to be slightly sweeter. It's fine, but I wanted more it's sweetness. Quite, it's it it's dry. Quite, it's dry, but it's also tart. Yeah, it's quite. It's much more tart than I expected. Yeah, it's like lemon juice. <laughs> it is a bit. Yeah, it's quite thin. See, Quite I wanted. I, it I wanted like a touch a... more. If it was a touch more sweetness, then I would yeah. literally be like, "You've just canned American lemonade." Yeah, it. I mean, it smells like a Radler that I've had in Germany, and I like. There are certain times when you're in Germany and you're like, "I just want a Radler," and they're so good because they do really well. Five percent, though. Oh, that is not like a Radler. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd like it to be slightly sweeter, but. If I hadn't smelt it and been like, oh, this is what I'm getting, my brain yeah. was like, this is what you're going to get. And then I didn't. And that's disappointed me. But it's like, it's it's refreshing. Can I just say the label? I, I like the label. So it's this tiny little like. It's very simple. It's a 330 meal can, but it is like a really thin boy. Yeah, it's one of the skinny ones. Um, but the label just reminds me of like old school American, like yes. classic like beer labels. I but like I really, I quite like it. They've... I feel like that's maybe what they've modelled it on. Potentially, but I quite like it. Like, I like it that way. It's, it, ma- it reminds me of, like, um, I can't even think of, like, the name of what I'm thinking of, but, like, a very classic Mi- Miller. I think it's, like, yeah, remind- it's like giving me, like, Miller High Life vibes or something yeah. like that. 70s yeah. Miller High Life. I feel like I would drink this really quickly, which is dangerous when it's 5% because it doesn't taste 5%. And if it was a hot day, you could suck this down thinking it was just lemonade. I think I'd maybe, to me, it's not particularly like the vibes I go for when I want a beer. Like, so I probably, if I was having this as a beer, probably wouldn't scratch an itch for me in terms of beeriness. And I'm not a big Shandy person or a Rattler or whatever. We can talk about that when we get to that episode. Um, So not anti, it's just not my preference. I think if I was making like a beer cocktail though, this is a hundred percent 
a good one that I would use. I kind of want to put like blue carousel in it. Like I would love to put like blue carousel, maybe some cranberry juice. I don't know. Like I feel like I could make a really good cocktail with this. Yeah, definitely. In in terms of like straight on its own, um, like I said, it's not bad. It's just not one hundred percent to my taste. Um, But that's also because I went into it expecting something complete. It's because I went in expecting something completely different, and it's cold as balls out today. So. It's not exactly giving me... It's called summer beer. This was a seasonally brewed beer for summer. It wasn't meant to be winter beer. We skipped two seasons. Yeah, we're drinking it in the wrong wrong environment. <laughs> to warm things up, shall I give you some weird or interesting or fun facts? Yes, please. I don't have too, too many, so I'll just give you the handful that I have. Um, some far more than others. Uh, so it depends on who you ask, but there are some websites that will list... And this is, like, so vague because... I had to pivot because the first thing that came up was this was the number one and then I did some Googling. But uh, some websites will say the number one best-selling beer globally is China's Snow Beer, which is a rice lager. So okay. I I wasn't 100% convinced that was accurate. So Just I Googled. Face in case you're not watching the video. Um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't 100% convinced that that was accurate. Yeah, that, seems, that seems sus. Uh, especially because then I'd start Googling and it was like the beer that nobody knows about that's number one. And I was like, "Mm, that's interesting. Um, So I fact checked it across several websites and for 2023, because I was like, "Mm, it's definitely not 2023 at a minimum. (laughs) So it looks like this might have been the case potentially in 2022 or 2020 was the last actual like verified time that I could be like, okay, there we go. The rest of it between 2020 and now is a little bit like hazy. Um, can't imagine what happened in that time to knock that one off uh-huh. the top global spot. But um, yeah, for 2023, it looks like it actually slipped. According to Vine Pair and the AmericanCraftBeer.com website, it slipped to number six. It'd be slipping. Ooh. However, if you look at drinksinternational.com, it ain't even on the list. But you know what it is? <laughs> Asahi Super Dry. It's number oh, three. <laughs> oh, there you go. Number there you go. three for the top best-selling brands. So... There you go. Rice lagers up there in the top, the top ten, um, behind the likes of Budweiser and Budweiser and all the rest. Speaking of Budweiser, I thought it was probably fair to point out, probably not weird or interesting or fun to us, but to people that really don't know, uh, yeah, Budweiser incorporates rice into their brewing process. So surprise, yep. <laughs> it ups the alcohol content but adds no flavour. Yep, literally adds no flavour. <laughs> zero flavors zero flavors to be found um so there you go don't get confused with budvar very different very different very different (laughs) um in terms of rice varieties uh it's similar to hops where it can impact like the rice variety can impact the flavor so that's what i thought was quite interesting brewers have experimented with various varieties or and mixing and matching and everything to achieve specific flavor profiles Ooh. That was really interesting. Something I never would have thought of. Um, and I don't know if that's like, you know, white rice versus another type of rice versus... Because I think like white rice is obviously the standard that's in... Yeah. Not the standard, but I mean, that is the most common that is produced sort of in a lot of these countries. Um, but I don't know if this is in like different varieties of like white rice or if this is all different sort of types but i thought that was quite interesting so um something i kind of want to dig more into i thought i'd share that see if you found that equally interesting um and yeah i think we sort of already touched upon this potentially oh no we didn't 
So rice, this is my final fact really for you. Okay. Rice, naturally gluten-free. So typically it's favoured as an alternative for log- like rice lagers. That's, that's favoured as an alternative for people with a gluten intolerance or people trying to avoid gluten for whatever other reasons. So obviously like take that with a pinch of salt because it, I'm not going to be like, it's gluten free. And then everyone goes out and buys like rice lagers and then gets ill. So it's obviously going to depend on an array of things that's like in the beer as well. But in terms of sort of like rice as as a whole, it's naturally gluten free, which I didn't know, admittedly. So um, I thought that was quite interesting. So yeah, I didn't have too many facts because it all just became very rice heavy versus (laughs) beer Uh heavy. heavy. (laughs) And I was like, I could talk about rice all day. (laughs) Love she me a big rice. old bowl of rice. So good. Like, <laughs> I can smell it in the other room, and I'm like, ha, 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 ha rice is... We have a rice cooker. If yeah. you don't have a rice cooker, it's game-changing. You need it. See, I really like rice. Gordon doesn't like rice. You need a rice cooker, because then you can have it really quick, and you don't mm. have to... Like, literally, rice, water, turn it on. It has a timer for the perfect amount of rice, or the perfect time for the amount of rice. You walk away... It makes a beeper noise at you. And then it just like basically turns itself off and puts it on heating mode so it doesn't overcook the rice. Um, so, yeah. So, so you, you need semi some rice cooker recommendations and then... Oh, absolutely will. <laughs> absolutely will. It's, it's game changing. Like if you, and you could do yeah, steaming. See, There's normally like a basket so you can rice. do steaming in it and stuff. Yeah, so you can just go go have whatever you want and you can have rice. It's absolute... We have had, we've gone through two or three different in the last few years because we finally invested in a proper rice cooker. So highly recommend. Give me some recs, please. We'll do. After this. After this, I definitely will do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this, I guess, to summarise summer beer, is it a rice lager the way we're thinking of rice lagers? No, it's a beer that uses rice. (laughs) Yeah. It's a shandy (laughs) that uses rice. Probably should have saved it for the other episode, but that's fine. But it's it's not unenjoyable. Oh. So, and that's probably all bad because, to be honest, I went. Oh. It comes up when you search for rice lagers, and I went, "Oh, there's this one. Give this a go." Yeah, it's refreshing. It is. Shall we have a final as a palate cleanse before our final yeah. one, which will probably be its own palate cleanse? But yeah. shall we get the last one out? Let's. So we just did New Barns and Donzoko. Then we got Donzoko on their own. Pink lemonade rice lager. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I am, but I think I'm more prepared now for it. Like, so this one physically has rice lager on it, but it also yeah. has pink lemonade. So yeah. I feel like I'm more prepared. Ooh. Have you read the ingredients list? No. Water, malted barley, rice, hops, lemon, lime, elderflower, beetroot, and yeast. I bet you... it's I bet it's beetroot because I bet it's going to be pink. Make it pink, yeah. Let's let's pour this bad boy. Foamy beers for good times. Indeed. Ooh, that was a lovely spritz was, yeah. sound. And it doesn't smell quite the same. Oh, that is disappointing. I was expecting some pink, pink there. Because of the beetroot, I was yeah. expecting pink. Oh, I found a way to not be disappointed and then get disappointed because I, I hype myself into, into thinking something different. But in fairness, when you compare this, this is almost like a middle ground between a rice lager and yeah. a summer beer, where yeah. it's like slightly slightly more hazed. It's slightly more yellow. But slightly more yellow, yeah. yeah. Smells quite lemon-lime. Yeah. Should we just go right in for a sip? Let's, Let's do it. I need another one. Ooh, 
I find that one much more enjoyable than the than the summer beer one. Yeah. I Just because, it's... like I said, because I don't go for, you know, Shandy Radler, this isn't aggressively Shandy Radler. It's got much more carbonation, so mm. it's cleaning your palate rather than it's sitting there. Um, I think because it's lemon, lime and elderflower, you've got a little bit more of a complex flavour in there. Yeah. And that's making it more drinkable. I think it has more characteristics of a rice lager as well, yeah. in that there is a dryness to it. And there's not a massive aftertaste comparatively for what you expect. Yeah, I would agree with that. For what's in it, there's no real... It's tasty. Heavy aftertaste. Very drinkable, very sessionable. This would be perfect for sunny weather, I think. I actually think, like, in fairness, this is probably closer to, like, if I was having a Shandy or a Rattler. Like, something similar to this is what I would want because there is still a very distinctly beer element to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's a beer element to it, but it's not like what people, you know, when people just describe something as like, oh, that tastes like I don't like beer. And it's because they've only really tried, you know, what you what you get in a, in a pub, like a macro that you get in a pub. And that's usually used to describe a specific taste. That's not the best. Yeah. I don't think that has that, but I think it is a very distinctly beer taste to it. Yeah. I like it. Again, I feel like we need to be sat in a summer's day on a summer's day. Yeah. Well, I've got my heating, my heating element on under my desk, so I need to. Pretty soon, the hat will be coming off. I can pretend. Close my eyes, take the hat off. I'll pretend it's all good. I enjoy this one quite a lot. Yeah, I like it. Yes. Yeah, so I guess while we while we kind of sip on this thing, because that's sort of the end of the episode, we thought we'd try something a bit different. Uh, before we kind of move on slightly, I guess what I'll say is. In summer, it's a 5.5%, so that is still fitting within yep. the, the characteristic there. They've all been similar similar ABVs to Yeah, them. the summer beer's 5%, there we go. Yeah. Um, I think this is a lovely... This tastes like if you used a rice lager to make a shandy, probably. I feel like this one tastes like... It's not boozy, but it tastes like a beer... Like I'm not like going to be sucking this down, being like, Ooh, you know, and not. I wouldn't think five point five percent though. I I don't think I'd think that was five point five percent. No, but I think I'd I'd be like, yes, it's a it's a beer, like it's got alcohol in it. I think I'd probably put this more at like three point five to four percent than I would five. Yeah, for me, it just I'd tastes. Go that low. I think I'd go that low. The only thing that would have me yeah, more towards. Drinker. Yeah, you drink like imperial stouts and stuff like that as well not that often (laughs) fair i think i do tend to like my my current i feel like my current like average is around like six to eight percent like somewhere the sweet spot for what i drink tends to be the average is around six to seven percent and i'd say i comfortably buy things between six and eight percent without thinking about without realizing that abv level when i drink it and i don't really think about it and it's not until i offer it it's not until i offer it to other people and then people like that's six i can't know six percent like non-beer drinker people is what i mean like if i'm if i'm around my in-laws and i'm like oh i've got and they're like that's six percent like my brother-in-law's like, that'll kill me. He's a Carlin drinker. And he's like, just, I don't understand how you do it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I almost struggle to find things that I enjoy nowadays that are like, <laughs> that I'm looking for that I go, oh, there's, I know we did our like sessions out on those like 
yeah, blew me away. But I feel like I struggle nowadays when I see something, I go, that sounds really interesting. That sounds really nice. And it's like 6% and above. I really struggle to find things that I go, oh, that grabs my attention and it's below 6%. But this one is, this one's nice. I enjoy it. Um, Thoughts on, what's your final thoughts on this one? I like it. I feel like I can, uh, maybe it's just because we've been doing this now for more than an hour, but I feel like I can taste the rice lager in it. <laughs> yeah, mate, mate, yeah. I was gonna say me too, but also it's like maybe we just think we <laughs> maybe can. Maybe we just think we can. We I think like we're I can, like I can rice lager savant. Lager we're like it. we've got this. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. Well, we just finished this. I thought I'd. Yeah. I thought you'd find um some of my some of my insights around beer in Japan. I thought that you particularly would find some of it interesting. Just to to final final thoughts on this before we wrap up, and then then I don't really have to talk about my holiday again. Oh, this podcast episode, just everyone else. She will. Um, Let's be real. She will well, it in wherever she can. I'll find. I'll find a way. Um, but I actually thought you'd think some of this was was actually interesting. So, um, what I found really some observations that I noticed was it was really difficult to find rice lager. But you know what wasn't really difficult to find? German beer, Belgian beer, and Czech beer. <laughs> I feel like very. It felt like those three were like really really popular in japan like you would go to a lot of like you'd see craft beer bar and then you'd like look at the website or you'd show up and it would be like a budvar thing outside the door or (laughs) it would be a german theme where they'd be like no absolutely not and they'd be like (laughs) sausages and pretzels on the menu as like starters you could like bar food i feel like this is karma for you whinging that you've never been to germany and then you went to japan and there was nothing but german stuff about. i mean i did go to Oktoberfest, <laughs> and she went to an Oktoberfest in japan so don't give her sympathy when she it starts did. whinging listeners don't, don't don't give me sympathy because i went on like the sympathy. most first right. world trick right. to japan she's like like, like she complains about failing she complains about failing right because you know like oh uh, everything's so so terrible yeah the drama is real like the drama is real she is the same she is the house dog <laughs> they say but, they say <laughs> they say sad. dogs are like their owners yeah it's true it's um, a true fact <laughs> But equally feel bad for me, but like <laughs> so many of these places. And then they also really obviously love American beer. And I did see like UK, I saw Don Zoko and I saw Don Zoko had a tap takeover while I was there, but I was not in Tokyo <laughs> Do you see Northern Monk as well? Do you tell me I Northern s- Monk? I saw Northern Monk in yeah. the bars. <laughs> I saw, I'm trying to think, there was definitely like a few that I saw that I was like, ah, there we go. I've seen those ones, but to- like Don Zoko, I think it was Don Toko legitimately had a tap take like they were there in Tokyo and I was like I am not but if I was if I was in Tokyo at that time I definitely would have gone um but yeah just, it was insanity like you'd rock up to a place that would say like local beers on tap and then you'd be like this is amazing this is great and then you'd show up and it would be like out of 10 tap lines two or three were actual Japanese breweries and everything else one night I was trying to order two different beers and you'll appreciate this. I accidentally ordered three beers because of how I ordered it and the way they took. I said it, but I kind of said three numbers instead of saying, I tried to say one of this and one of that. But what I said was one, this number and that number. Oh, right, yeah. And so she was, I didn't realise when she said the numbers and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
three beers came over. <laughs> Two of them were Japanese. One of them was a very expensive American. I say very expensive, but comparatively, yeah. a very expensive <laughs> American beer that was probably about like I don't know, twelve pounds or ten pounds or something. Ooh. You know, for a, I think I got half or small. Wow. Is what is, yeah. they don't do like half. It's like yeah. small or large. Um, yeah, and I, I sat, I've got a photo of me there going. Like, just ha- head in my hands yeah. with three drinks in front yeah. of me. This is the face of someone that's accidentally just ordered three beers, um, one of which was quite expensive. But yeah, I, I just wanted to try all the Japanese beers and it became increasingly difficult because there were so many American, German, Belgian and Czech beers. I actually sent you a video. Of, there was one place that I went to that was specifically had a um, one of the Budvar, tap, like the Czech Pilsner taps. Side pause absolutely and what happened was i was like there was two different ways you could order it i was so confused and then i realized when i googled one was the one where you get all head in like two little inches yeah maybe but it was it was called something yeah it was i think a potential attempt at translating it to that and i was like i don't know that so i'm googling it and the only things that i could find were asahi came up and basically, it says that they've attempted to brew Budvar using the same recipe, the same kit, the same everything. And I thought this one could be an Asahi brewed one because if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be here. So I thought I'd try it. Watched him pour it. Poured it perfectly. Did it exactly <laughs> as you're supposed to. Yeah. Not a bubble on the glass. Ooh. I sent you that video. I was like, yeah. look at this. There is no... Yeah meticulous glassware like i was like oh my goodness radio will be very pleased the perfect (laughs) pour i was like oh child this is amazing so yeah that was at least that one i was like i'll give this a go i'll see it tasted perfect everything was just on point but yeah loved the german belgian czech and american specifically really hard sometimes to just find japanese beer (laughs) um the second thing that i think you'll really really love women are so much more visible in bars over there so there's numerous occasions we would go into a few different izakayas and and pubs and bars and the majority would be women women either alone women with other women drinking beer everywhere we went it was like women drinking beer um there was like i said there was a lot of times we went in places and the majority was women and i thought that was like amazing and like no one second guessed it. No one bat an eyelid. Like that was just like beer culture there. And I would say like in, in South Korea as well, from my experience, like so many women out and drinking specifically beer in groups for a night out. And I thought that was really, really cool. So I thought that you would appreciate that. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, To this episode, I my, my third thing I noticed... <laughs> They love hoppy beers and pale beers. It's incredibly hard to find like even Japanese made like lagers, rice lagers or otherwise. It was the majority that I found were pale ales, hazy IPAs, just normal IPAs, dippers. Like it was incredibly hard to find stout, sours. Um, Saisons, they were like, there was kind of a lot of Saisons. Like, okay. th- th- not a lot, but there was like always kind of an option for a Saison usually. Um, but the main like say you had you know six tap lines probably four of those were between pails and ipas um anytime we found a stout a porter um 
like a sour we ordered it because it was just so rare from my experience but I think that's because we went in October um and what I understood because I talked to one of the guys that owned a bar there and he was kind of explaining it kind of has to do with seasonality so he's like you might have found that actually some of the sours that are there had some amazing sours for the ones I did have um but I think a lot of them saisons as well like we were catching sort of like the tail end of summer and we'd have some of the stuff that was left over from the end of summer and then i don't know i guess the hazies and the pales and the ipa like all of that must have just been their autumn beers i don't know but i had so many pumpkin so many pumpkin and pumpkin spice beers i was like <laughs> across across south korea and and japan i was like anytime i saw one i was like yes i will have that thank you um and yeah my, my last sort of observation around the beer was the convenience store beers it was quite a mixed bag and what i found really really difficult was it was hard to tell i think it's similar in the us it's quite hard to tell what is a macro beer and what is a craft beer to a degree because i think it's kind of like here where they probably have a lot of big beer that's purchased either smaller breweries or they're just doing their own like craft beer range yeah Um, and and they will use anime for example to sell everything like a bike store (laughs) kawaii anime babe selling your bikes billboards anime like everything is animated and just like very visual very well drawn and it could literally be for something as basic as like we are selling cartons of milk today so i think it made it really hard branding wise over there to be like is this actually a good beer is this a craft beer like what is this because branding they've put this eye-catching label on something um you could get some in shops, but I highly recommend like sort of looking at what it is before you buy it. Because I've had some that I was like, glad I didn't take this one home with me because <laughs> that would have been not great. And then I had others where I was like, wish I got more of those. Yeah. So yeah, always um, fine. Yeah, I will do a write up around the beer that's in Japan eventually Ooh, when I get time to sit down Tori's and do it. Blog. Yeah, when I get down, when I get a chance to sit down and write it, which is just no time at the moment. But yeah, well. That's it. That's final thoughts there around there go. Japan and beer. That's our episode on rice lager. I've been wa- I've been waiting for this episode so I could talk all about because it's all the things that I love: rice, Japan, beer. There we go. I'm just eye rolling over here because, like, she needs an excuse to talk about her holiday to Japan. Does anyone want to know that I went on holiday to Japan? Tori, if people want to ask you more questions about your trip to japan and you know get some wrecks from you it's absolutely your funeral if you want to talk to me about it (laughs) i won't stop talking about it yeah you can you don't even you can say the smallest thing and i'll be like japan cool like (laughs) learn the hard way if you want you can find me on instagram at adventures adventures underscore in underscore optimism um or you can email me i'll help you create an itinerary i don't i don't care um yeah you can you can email me at adventures and optimism at gmail.com um, eventually I will do a blog post. So keep your eyes out for that on my Instagram. And yeah, if you want to talk to both of us, uh, about how we need to go on a holiday together, so that Joe doesn't okay, feel left out of my right. fun holiday plans, uh, t- tell us both on a women's brew on Instagram X. I said it right this time. Yeah, you did. Um, or Facebook, or you can email us at a women's brew podcast at gmail.com. Joe, if people want to talk to you about planning a trip somewhere else that has zero rice lagers, <laughs> where can they talk to you? I mean, 
mean, I can't guarantee the places that I know have zero rice lagers. They might have some, um, but they're more likely to have other beer styles. But yeah, I've been been a few different places. Um, you can come talk to me at my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning, and we are on Facebook, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Pinterest. I'm pretty much almost exclusively on in on Instagram nowadays, so come and see me there. Um, or you can come to my website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. Blogs getting updated, various different things being added there, so come and have a look. Or you can email me, lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. Right, so we've got to go finish these lovely beers now. It's not going to be hard. I'm going to do this, it. Finish this dog <laughs> beer as well. Oh, any beer. On that note, cheers. Come pie. <laughs> <laughs>